0: But what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. So I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and the
1: founding of your businesses. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, of course. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your companies.
1: Sure. So I'm based in Ontario, Canada. Um, I wasn't always an entrepreneur. I spent the past 10 years living in New York uh, in fashion. So I was at Burberry, Oscar de la Renta, um, but had always had kind of, I guess, side hustles at the time going. Um, and so Pink Pearl which is the charity portion, uh, started after my own experience with cancer. And so that has been operating for, oh my gosh, like as a charity, seven years, but around as a benefit for 15 and then style Canada, I purchased back in 2016, um, which kind of started as an investment and now has grown into a full-time, uh, full-time gig.
0: Amazing. Well, there's so much that I want to jump into. But I guess starting from the beginning, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you first got into fashion? And I know you said you lived in New York and worked at a a big company there. So a little bit, you know, how you first got into that?
1: Yeah. So I went to business school. I went to Laurier here in um, Ontario, and then I was doing co-ops as a part of the program and was offered a job after with one of my co-ops, but knew I kind of wanted to work with a product that wasn't necessarily a uh, CPG or something a little more exciting. Um, and I love fashion. So I went to do my master's in Milan in fashion brand management. And then actually moved from Milan to New York on a whim in a weekend. I was supposed to go back to Milan and do an internship there, but my best friend was in a law school exchange in at NYU. and so I went to visit her for the weekend and I kind of just got got thinking, why not stay and and do my internships here?" So I did internships um, for probably like six to eight months in the city and then got... Uh, I mean, a combination of luck and hard work, I think. I uh, got my first job with austria lorenza and their um, sales department. Um, so I was an account executive there and over um, different domestic and wholesale accounts and was there for about three years. And then I went on to Burberry uh, where I was again an account executive and then a brand manager and oversaw some of their wholesale business. And I was there for almost seven years. So that was kind of the fashion background and where that comes in. Awesome.
0: And so I guess, you know, leading from that, what was it that sort of led you to then founding Style Canada from that position?
1: Yeah, I knew I always, I knew I always wanted to have my own business and more so than even just having my own business. Like, be a boss that could create a culture that people wanted to work in. So it wasn't necessarily be about being about me calling the shots as much as it was like having a team that felt really passionate about something and was really like working together and creating a community. So that's what, kind of, uh, got, had always been an inspiration or a thought of something that I wanted to do. Obviously I liked the independence of it. I was a hard worker, so it wasn't, that wasn't going to be an issue for me. My mom had, had always been an entrepreneur and actually when we were really young, had a kid's clothing line. So fashion was kind of in the mix there and purchasing style Canada started with a friend that had actually, it really started as an investment. So style.ca is our website. Um it's obviously a, a decent website to have at the time. Style.com was Vogue. So he was selling it and I asked inquired and, and asked if I could purchase it. Um a friend of and my me at the time were in discussions about it. And it ended up that we we took it on. And from there, it was kind of a, a hobby at the beginning, I would say. Um, but I mean, now we have a team of contributors across Canada, a really great in-house team of about 10 of us. Um, so it's really grown since that initial kind of, you know, we bought a website, what do we do with it phase? <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely. And and what was it that really drove you drove you to, you know, you wanted to be in fashion, but really drove you to sort of that that style of of business and you know, I I also would love to hear about, you know, you were talking about sort of that culture that you were wanting to create for your business. I'd love to hear sort of a bit more about that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've been lucky in my career. I know people have a a conception about fashion and that it was just reading something on the devil wears Prada. Like I'm sure some offices are like that, but that was never my experience. I'd always had such lovely people to work with. Um, So it wasn't so much that I, you know, was scarred by this culture of the past, but I do think when you work in in larger companies like you don't always get your hand in everything and you don't always get to maybe be creative as you'd like to be. So with me with my team now, um it's really about, you know, what do you guys what are you interested in? So yes, we have a job to do, of course, but like is there something else you want to try or, you know, something that we you think that we could be doing better? I I'm a, I never really thought much of that quote where it's like surround yourself with, or that saying surround yourself with smarter people than you. Um, but it's, I would say in the past year, like that's become really apparent, um, of how valuable that is to have a good team and create that culture where everyone kind of, you know, wants to come in, especially in these times right now where we are so isolated and as, as, fun as we can make it, whether it's a team Zoom or, you know, little thank you packages in the mail or whatever that looks like. I'm always trying to create an interesting, interactive and community environment for our team, which is harder in larger companies. It's much easier in the size that we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that's, you know, so important in a company in general. So I think that's really great that, you know, that's that you want, you knew you wanted to implement that into your own business. So mm-hmm. that's really great to hear. And um, I'd love to hear too, about sort of that transition, you know, you worked, you worked at a big fashion mm-hmm. company, and then going to, you know, owning your own business and, you know, working for yourself and sort of what sort of the biggest change that maybe <laughs> surprised you or
1: you weren't really expecting in that? I would say I mean the big when it all happened to was around covid time. So that was probably just a change in of itself. Um, but the the biggest change was being your own boss in that motivating yourself. So I was used to, you know, working a nine to five and then running the charity and then having style, the website, you know, that was on the side, that was kind of a passion thing and and having a bunch of other different projects. So I was so scheduled and managed in my time. Um, and then going off on your own and being in charge of your own schedule is very different because no one is going to reprimand you for not having something done on a certain date and at a certain time. So that was really challenging. And managing my time was really challenging. Um, and I don't know if I, I've, I've gotten a lot better at it because I think now you you're accountable to your team, right? So that helps you kind of manage your time, but that was by far the biggest uh, like wake up, Paul, I thought I was so good at time management. And I realized I'm terrible when I have no boundaries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I th- I think that brings up a great point, too, is, you know, having those boundaries. And you said having a team definitely helps. But do you have any sort of tips? You know, you've said you've been getting better at it. Any tips you'd
1: like to share that, you know, other people might be mm-hmm. struggling with that right now, too? Yeah, actually, the biggest thing that helped me because I, I also teach um, social media. So I have a full day of teaching and then between the charity stuff and style Canada stuff, what I, what I did was segment my days. So Monday I teach two classes. So that's dedicated to teaching. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday is dedicated to style Canada and Thursday is dedicated to charity. Now, when I say dedicated, I mean, I'm still doing work for all three of those things on different days (laughs) but i try to schedule my meetings and i let my team know when our meetings can be so if there's something from a charity side we try to stick to thursdays for for calls and meetings um obviously if there's something really urgent then then we don't necessarily adhere to that, but for the most part, it's actually been pretty manageable sticking to these days. Um, you know, we're launching our podcast. So that's been a big day where Wednesdays and Fridays are dedicated to pot or big project, rather where Wednesdays and Fridays are dedicated to podcasts. So I think as much as you can, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have calls that happen on the wrong day, but as much as you can, at least like mentally put yourself in the mindset of a certain day of the week being a certain kind of project um, it it seems to have helped me, so that actually was a, a tangible thing that I did.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice, especially, you know, with that mindset, um, having those different projects, you know, it can be, I feel like it would be difficult, you know, going from, from one project, you know, another. So having them sort of all grouped together, I think is a great piece of advice. And you've talked about it a bit now, but the Pink Pearl Foundation, I know you mentioned in the beginning a bit about starting it, but do you want to give a little bit more background to that and sort of how that all got started in the beginning?
1: Yeah. So I was 21 when I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and my family started a benefit for the hospital I went to, which was Juravinsky um, Cancer Center in Hamilton. And we kind of just started the benefit as something to do that summer. I was going through chemo that summer and I was not feeling well. So in hindsight, I don't know. I don't, really remember how we pulled this benefit off, but, um, we did the benefit in August as kind of just something to look forward to throughout the summer. And we, we kept doing it each year. And this actually two weeks ago was our 15th, uh, our 15th gala. It was the last two years have been virtual. So we're hoping that we can celebrate 15 in person at some point, but time will tell. Um, but it started off with the benefit and then about seven years in, I, I was a little more settled in my career and so was able to dedicate a little more time to what I wanted this to look like. I, I knew I wanted the money. I thought it was great that it was going to, to Juravinsky, but I also wanted to help women specifically like me and young women like me. And there wasn't a lot of resources out there. So we started doing a day-long retreat uh, and then that has since grown into weekend retreats, scholarships, in hospital support packages, counseling services, learning series. Our retreats were supposed to go across Canada last year, so we were going to be in Calgary, Halifax, Vancouver, and of course we're we're in Toronto, Niagara, Hamilton, London area, um, southern Ontario. Uh, but that obviously is a bit on pause at the moment, but. Yeah. So it's, it's really grown. We've impacted almost 3000 women across the country. I think virtual has been interesting and, and in a way kind of opened our eyes to see that, you know, maybe we should keep doing a virtual retreat each year and have a location that rotates versus trying to get to all these cities in one year. Right. So it's, it's taught a few different business lessons as well, but that's, that's in a nutshell, the story of the charity, it really just started from my own experience and realizing there's, there's not a lot of support out there. And what kind of peer support can we give young women with a cancer diagnosis? Um, And through since then, it's obviously grown to be a pretty substantial part of my life.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think it's such an incredible organization and, you know, the purpose behind it and the meaning behind it. And I know that, you know, you said before it, it started because they, you felt there is certain elements that were missing from, from your mm-hmm. experience. And so being able to help others who are going through the same thing, I think, is such an incredible, you know, initiative that it really has and, you know, to see it grow and the impact that it has. Um and i I mean, I definitely agree too with with going virtual. it has been interesting to see sort of the the impact and the reach that you know events can now have that that mm-hmm. way so it's it's great to sort of hear that you know it was able to able to sort of expand that and yeah
1: like our goal was going across Canada, and we were able to with virtual like we had women from Nunavut join a Canadian in Ireland, all of these kind of different locations, let alone like you know coast to coast in Canada, which was really cool.
0: Yeah, that, that's incredible. I love that. So I, I think it's, you know, amazing sort of the different impacts that those that that has. And, um, you know, speaking of, you know, with with your foundation um, or and with Style Canada too, has there been I know you talked about sort of the the time element of owning your own business, but there has been any other sort of obstacles that you've you've really had to overcome or sort of one main yeah. one that you'd like
1: to share and, you know, how you how you got through that? i think the biggest thing is always resources right like when you're starting up it's either financial or human resources at least for me i'm sure you know there's there's probably some other hiccups other people have had but um from our side it's like you know that you have the idea um which a lot of people have ideas right but how do you balance what resources you have whether they're monetary or people which are are, are limited both right with trying to accomplish growth Um, and that's still a challenge. That's not like something that I've, uh, something that I've overcome quote unquote, or something that I have figured out, but I think it's a bit of slow and steady in a way. Um, Pink Pearl started off as a group of volunteers and was a group of volunteers for a very long time. And slowly over the past few years, we've had, you know, contract roles and having auditors now and bookkeepers and, 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 kind of these smaller rules that we're able to have the support and be a legitimate organization. And the same is true with style. Like it's a slow build that nothing happens overnight. I think, I think we all are a little accustomed to hearing these success stories of someone that, you know, everything happens to them within a year. And that was not the case for me. It's um, still not, not the case. So we'll see how, how long it takes me to get to what some of the goals are that we have specifically with Style Canada. But I would say with Pink Pearl, like we're relatively at where we wanted to be in terms of being across Canada. And that took 15 years. <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't happen in a year. I mean, I guess you could arguably say it took seven because by the time when we registered a charity. It was um that was seven years ago, but still it was that was like half my life, right? Building it. So it's I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest lesson is trying to grow and be what you want to be, but just manage the resources you have um, and recognizing it's not going to happen right away. It's great if it does, but keeping that motivation that I kind of mentioned earlier going is is a challenge and the hard part as well.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of, especially startups can relate to. And in the beginning, you have to sort of figure out where where you can use these resources and what the best way is to sort of expand. And I think it's interesting too, what you said, you know, about especially sort of there's those overnight successes. And I think a lot of the times too, with those, there's a lot that is going on behind the scenes. And so, you know, I, I think it does definitely take some time and it takes a lot of work. And so it's great, to, you know, to hear those, those other sides of it too where you know it's you just have to be patient and keep working but it takes time Mm -hmm. to sort of create that success
1: totally Um, yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) and speaking of that has there been sort of you know you were talking to especially with pink pearl there is there's definitely some been some big moments of going all across canada as a big moment in the company and has there been sort of any moments that just really stand out to you from your journey as an entrepreneur with either of the businesses
1: Mm-hmm. I think with with Pink Pearl, like when we had those retreats planned to be across Canada, that was like wow this is this is pretty pretty sizable and really exciting for sure um I also had we had gotten a couple of awards which were nice, um recognizing what we had done and being more in the community, getting recognition was great with style Canada there's kind of like these little sprinklings each day. I would say one of the most recent cool things was I we we'll have our podcast launched, and our first guest is actually Jeannie Becker so from fashion television who I grew up watching so that was really exciting for me to get to interview her because she was someone like that made me realize people can kind of you know be a part of the fashion scene and be Canadian uh so that's an exciting one that's coming up
0: Awesome. And well, I'm definitely excited to see that. And you you talk about too, do you want to tell us a bit about, you know, the podcast that is launching and you know, what, what it's about and sort of what inspired that? Yeah,
1: so it's called Let's Talk About. Uh, and the idea is to talk about conversations that maybe we aren't having conversations about and maybe are a little uncomfortable. So we're having everything ranging from finance to fertility, to fashion, to racism, uh, kind of everything runs the gamut uh, and no topic is off bounds. And the idea really came from the fact that at Style Canada, we see ourselves as storytellers and how do we tell these stories and how do we create these conversations um, and make, not just women, um, we do have a predominantly female identifying base, but not just females, but to some extent, you know, women don't talk a lot about how much money they should be making. They don't necessarily talk a lot. And we're talking more, I think, about certain things like racism, sexual harassment, Um our vaginas is a topic, like all that. We're starting to talk more about that, but there's still some things that feel taboo, right? So the idea is to kind of have those uncomfortable conversations and hopefully we all learn something. And I know I, I mean we've been recording for a couple of weeks now and I feel like I've learned so much. Um, There's also some lighter topics in there as well, um, like fashion and home and, and some fun things too. But that's the whole idea behind it is sharing people's stories and bringing community together with that. I love
0: that. And I think it sounds like there's definitely some really important conversations that you know, are going to be having there and to really educate people. So I'm so excited to tune into that. And I think I think that that's such a great initiative that, you know, you're doing with Style Canada. So I'm so excited to see that all come together. And, um, you know, speaking of, of businesses too, you you also invest in some female founded startups and, you know, helping sort of grow businesses. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and sort of also, you know, what, what leads you, I guess, to the female founded startups and, you know, what do you see in those?
1: Yeah, I think what actually leads me, like, I, I know there's stats around women businesses are not, um, as heavily funded or don't get as much attention. I wouldn't necessarily say that that's, that's part of it, sure. But for me, it's like, what's the product? What's the entrepreneur's story? What gap does it fill? Is this something I feel like there's a need for? Um, and I, I think, and even myself when I've created, because I've obviously had businesses that have failed too, right? Um, when I've created things and and or invested in them, it's always been kind of about, what need the business is satisfying, but also like very much so the person that you're investing in. And that could be time investment. That could be financial investment. Um, the entrepreneur themselves and how much passion they have for getting something going is if you talk to a lot of investors, that's kind of the main thing that they look for. Like, can this investor, or sorry, rather, can this founder bring things to the next level? Um, I said earlier, like everyone has an idea, but it's the person that's going to drive that idea, right? And so you're looking for the characteristics in that person.
0: Yes, absolutely. That, that definitely makes sense. And, you know, I I love sort of hearing about more behind the scenes of that. And like you said, I think a lot of it goes back to sort of that story that they have. And that's why I think storytelling too is is so important and hearing those, hearing those sort of behind the scenes things. So I, I absolutely love that. And you, you talked too about, you know, some of the things you have sort of learned through running your own business, but has there been something that you really learned about yourself through the process? Ooh, that's a good
1: question. Um, well, I told you already, I'm not good at time management. So I definitely learned that. <laughs> um, I learned, I think I already had an inkling of this, but I was actually saying this to my mom the other day. I've, I've learned that what I am good at is building a team and creating a nice, a good environment within that team. Um, I'm not great as a doer. If that makes any sense. Like I'm not great at getting into the weeds of things. And so recognizing that I'm not good at it just means that I have to put people that I trust and are skilled in their area in charge of areas so that I can just kind of say, yeah, that looks great. Like, and I'll give you an example. When we were doing some of our social media for the podcast, it was our, our team that was in charge of the social and the podcast that kind of came up for ideas for what the graphics would look like, for example. So I would, I'm not able to like sketch something out of what I want, but if I if I have someone good in place that Kind of can read me well and can decipher what I want, then then I'm good at being like, yes, let's go with that one. So I've realized that I'm not good at getting into the weeds. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to have a good team around you. Um, what else? I'm sure there's 10. Oh, I, know, I realize I'm not good at, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. And for a while there, I feel like you try to be, because especially when you're starting up, you're just trying to save money, right? So you're trying to figure out how to work QuickBooks yourself. You're, you're trying to like ask your friend for legal advice that's a lawyer. And I mean, those are fine at the beginning, but those are the two areas that I think, I guess I, I realized pretty quickly that those are the things you outsource and not try to do on your own. So with that, I think the lesson is, do what you're good at, because that's gonna get your business further. I'm not gonna it's it's hard to find the budget to sometimes pay those other people, right? So that's a challenge. But get I think that our generation is more collaborative in that you know, maybe your friend helps out with accounting for you and you help them with creative assets or something like that. So I think that swapping of services is is a really nice thing that's in an entrepreneurial community and in our more in our generation maybe than in the past. Um, there's not as much, I don't know if this is completely true, but for me, I don't feel like there's maybe as much competition. There's more a spirit of collaboration. Um, so yeah, I would say knowing what you're not good at And outsourcing it is what I've learned very quickly. And then also that I'm pretty decent at getting a, a great group of people together and building a team in that way.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that's so important. And especially, you know, with with founders or with sort of leaders, I guess, is, you know, realizing what you're good at and what you're not good at and sort of, you know, being able to delegate that I think is so important, you know, for especially for the overall business. And you brought up a great point, too, about, you know, making making sure that you have sort of that right team in place to sort of implement that. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about, you know, what it is that you look for in your team um, when you are bringing people on for that?
1: The biggest thing is, can you work independently? Like, are you a self-starter, especially right now, because we're all working remotely, right? Like no one, if you're someone that needs to be micromanaged or follows a a kind of a regimented schedule, at least for the things that I'm involved in, like it's probably not going to work. You're you might be better set in a more, um, a corporate environment or a bigger kind of company environment where your role is going to be more clearly defined. Because I feel like when it comes to startups, like, and, and beyond startups, like I wouldn't even say we're necessarily startup right now, but in either of the areas, but you still have to be like willing to wear many, many hats. Um, so that's the biggest thing is can you work independently? Um, and are you thinking outside of the box? That's a big thing too. Like, I don't want people to ever feel, I don't know the answer to everything. So the idea of having a team is that they can bring some good answers to the table, right? And bring some different ways of thinking. So someone that's not afraid to kind of give their opinion or give their input on something. That said, I think that that has a lot to do with the environment and the company culture that's created. I don't. I can understand how that would be hard to do if that didn't feel embedded in the culture. So it's always my hope that we do embed that in what we do and people are comfortable coming forward and giving ideas. But I would say those are the two biggest things is just able to work independently and, and kind of get it right away and, and run with it um, and challenging me and challenging other people on the team and thinking outside of the box. Those are kind of the people that I gravitate towards when it comes to building our team.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that definitely makes sense. And it sort of brings, brings it back even to the beginning where you had said, you know, surrounding pe- surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you and, you know, not being afraid to sort of take take it to a different route or you know like you said think outside the box so i think that definitely is so important for a team so it's great to you know hear that that's sort of what you gravitate towards um and you've given a lot of really great advice um you know from your journey and you know for for entrepreneurs but if there was sort of one thing that you would tell someone who was just starting
1: starting off with their business what would that be I think the biggest thing is just like literally starting like i would remember living when I was, I was living in New York and I just felt like I had to have the perfect setup to maybe write a blog post at the time, right. For style Canada. And so I'd go to the coffee shop. I'd like get the perfect cappuccino. I would get my new notebook. I had a laptop. Obviously I'm not I'm not ancient, but like, I would kind of like this idea of like writing in a lab in a notebook. So I'd have like both my notebook and my laptop and it would be, you know, in my mind, it's like the perfect Sunday. And I just have all day to write and be creative. Like that is never, I mean, that happened maybe in 10 years of living in New York. I can think of two times that that happened. And so if I would have left it up to those two times, I would not have either Style Canada or Pink Pearl. So my, I guess my point with that is, is don't wait for the perfect time, literally start anywhere. And I I find, I was having this conversation with my friend who's an entrepreneur as well. Like as soon as you start just doing one little task, it's kind of like anything in life. If you do one little thing, and then then you're a little more motivated to get the other thing done and then the other thing done. And by that time you've maybe been at your computer for an hour and you've got like five things off your list done that really didn't take as long as you thought that they would, but because you got started, you were able to accomplish, right? And so that's the biggest thing is literally just start. Do not wait for the perfect time. Don't wait for the perfect latte with the perfect notebook and the perfect Sunday afternoon. It's like not going to happen. And if it does, it's happening like I said two afternoons out of gosh, countless Sundays that, that, that I spent there. Um, and so yeah, you kind of just and I guess the other thing I would say probably, and it goes hand in hand with getting started is it's not going to be perfect probably ever. Like there's everything I feel like we do. We try, right? We're like, let's try that. Let's put that up. Let's see what happens. Let's try it. Let's see what reaction it gets and I use club the new um audio app club as a good example because everyone's figuring it out right now, and so we started hosting our club probably like four weeks ago now, and'm still not exactly sure you know how what's gonna come of it, but it's just something that we're trying we're having fun with um and who knows see what you know we're all figuring it out, so I think the point is is. You're never going to have the perfect time. You're not going to have all the right answers. You just have to try and just see what kind of comes of it. I would say if you are if you don't tend to have a risk-taking behavior in some way, entrepreneurship might not be the way to go for you just because you do have to try and you do have to fail and you do have to take risks. So that's at least been my experience. Um, so you definitely have to be cut from a, a specific cloth, I think, for it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree, and you know I think that first step might be the hardest one for a lot of people, but it definitely is you know you it's like you said, it's never gonna be the perfect time, and especially right now with everything being so uncertain um there's there's never gonna be that time, so you just have to do it and I, a lot of the times too, you don't even really know the route you want to take until you actually sort of dive into it so i think I think it's a great piece of advice because I think it's, it's so relevant and a lot of people might hesitate to sort of take that first step, but it definitely is important. And you sort of just learn, learn as you go. And like you said, you fail yeah. and you succeed. So.
1: Well, and it might look different than when you started too, right? So you kind of have to try, but you have to try different things because the idea you had at the beginning might not actually be the idea you end up with. And you're not going to know that until you try different things out all, along the way. So Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely.
0: There's, there's definitely been a lot of pivots this year for businesses. So I'm sure (laughs) they'll turn out different than, than what they had planned on. So I think that's a great piece of advice. And where can everyone go to follow you, follow your journey and um, as well as your, your businesses with Pink Pearl Foundation and Style Canada?
1: Yeah. So Style Canada is the uh, style.ca is the website and the, on pretty much all social media channels, style underscore Canada. And then Pink Pearl is pinkpearlcanada.org and Pink Pearl Canada on, again, all, pretty much all social channels. I think, we're, I think we're on almost all of them at this point. <laughs> Although they keep having more and more introduced, so it's hard to say. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank
0: you so much for coming on here and sharing your story and all about your businesses. And it was so great to, to hear about your journey. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.